there's something about an orchard that um, brings um, order and bounty and adventure all together. Welcome to the Studio 2501 Conversations About Mental Health and Wellness podcast. Located inside HopeNet in Wichita, Kansas, our goal is to transform lives through coaching and counseling. We'd like to extend a special thank you to Hoydale for sponsoring our show. You're listening to The Seven Mountains of Influence, hosted by JoLynn Bright. Each mountain was shaken by the coronavirus pandemic. Each month, we'll take an in-depth look at one of those mountains and how they impact us. This week, JoLynn and our guests are talking about the mountain of arts and entertainment. Hey there. Welcome, everybody. Welcome to HopeNet Studio 2501, Conversations About Mental Health and Wellness podcast. We are so glad that you're back with us today. And uh, I'm your host. Uh, they call me in the house JLB, but I'm JoLynn Bright. And on today's episode, we're going to continue our series on the seven mountains of influence. And we're talking about the mountain of, and we're going to take a little take on this, of entertainment. And our guest today is Tom Brown, who is, he and his wife own Metal Arc Farms. Uh, a little bit, which way, Tom? We are five miles east of Rose Hill. Rose Hill. So, so if people know Rose Hill, you're not yeah, far. That's right. Yeah, on Santa Fe Lake Road, so it's not too far. So, Tom, we're so glad that you joined us, and um, we're really looking forward to this because you you get to just go. Okay. Who is Tom Brown? Well, first, JoLynn, thanks for having me, and it's fun to be here. Mm -hmm. And uh, hmm, I got to say that when you pulled up in your truck, you guys have a pickup Mm -hmm. truck, Mm -hmm. I thought... I want to go see those people. No, you did not. Uh, no, I'm serious. I'm not just saying that. <laughs> so um, wanted to make sure that you guys got taken care of. Mm-hmm. And so so much of what happens at the farm is yeah. um, you got to walk. Yeah. And it, as I recall, your husband was walking with a cane. Yeah. And I thought, hmm, how are we going to get him out into that orchard or how Ooh. are we going to do this? And so you, that's why I went over there. I wanted to make sure that, that you guys got what you wanted. Mm-hmm. And um, so... And I said, we're not walking today. So that's what you said. <laughs> and, and so then um, I got you into the store and made you buy a whole bunch of stuff. So yeah. that was great. Got us to buy some popcorn, too. We didn't, we didn't come for popcorn, but you well, told us... popcorn's really good. You told us which one to buy. Yeah, yeah, that's good. You, you were right. Um, so what is Metal Arc Farm? Metal Arc Farm. And who are you? Who, well, who is Tom? Yeah, so Tom Brown is, is I grew up in Kansas. I okay. grew up in Overland Park um, mm. and had in a, a wonderful family um, and um, have five siblings. Okay. Had two really great parents. And they're both gone, but... Um, Honestly, we don't grieve too much over them. They had such rich lives, and they were mm. old and sick and ready to go. And, and But we, just finishing Thanksgiving, I was together with my sister and, okay. and other folks, and we just didn't still enjoy them. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So their lives um, and the lives of my siblings um, have been really rich and really blessed me. Yeah. So... That's part of who I am, is this child of a 
like baby boom suburban family with yeah. um, with a childhood that was full of bickering and fighting and laughter and well, were you vacations. guys Chiefs fans? Royals fans. Early on, early on, I remember watching um, <laughs> the Chiefs and Packers first oh, Super Bowl. Wow! So that's nineteen sixty six. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sixty six or sixty seven, whatever mm -hmm. it was. Len Dawson. Yes. But then after that, I lost interest in sports. Okay. So, <laughs> so, <laughs> not really much of a sports person, but. Um, Which is interesting because if people saw you in person and they stood next to you, they'd probably ask you, did you play basketball? Because, Tom, you're pretty tall. Well, so um, I don't have really good eyesight. Mm. And so um, as a boy in this neighborhood with all these guys playing all these sports, I was always the guy picked last. Mm. Uh, this is not a complaint. This yeah, is just yeah, the yeah, way it was. Yeah. Um, and I was always the guy picked last, and I never could hit the ball, never could catch the ball. Mm -hmm. And um, so I had to be, what's it, what is it in football, the center, where you get, um, um, you get hit so hard yeah. by the nose guard. Yes. So that I was the center. Oh. And so I just got hit all the time. And, and <laughs> you know, it just wasn't that fun. You, know? <laughs> you, could, you could get a therapy session right now from that trauma. Yeah. So, but it was okay. I mean, it, it got me interested in other things. Okay. And a lot of outdoorsy stuff. Mm. And the family um, is, oh, my, you know, my, I think we're two generations removed from a farm. Okay. Two or three, depends on who. But um, there was still some of that with my grandfather and that okay. sort of thing. We always had gardens. and On um, mom's side, dad's side? Mom's side okay. and, and dad's, dad's mm -hmm. both. So they were both, yeah, two generations. So neither of my parents grew up on farms, but their parents did or lived mm -hmm. part, part of their lives there. So how in the world did Tom Brown with, you know, squeezed in with chairs and all that, with these people who like to look for antiques, wind up in Wichita, Kansas? We got married mm -hmm. and we went to Pakistan and lived there for a year. I studied Urdu there in a program, a scholarship program. And she went with you. She went with me. So that was 1983. That was, we got married in, at the end of August and we left for Pakistan in mid-September. It's not... A replicable model, and it's not something that was anybody would suggest was yeah. a good idea. Okay. But, um, but we're young. We're young, and we it was have like, our bodies, exactly, our energy, yeah. all of that. Yeah, and and we knew that we didn't know. How many times are we invited to go on a journey with the Lord, and He says to go without knowing? We don't know the yeah. next thing we're going to do. So, what a great example of that. Well, we we had um, it was extremely difficult. But it was so rich. Mm -hmm. um, and one of the really fun, completely unexpected things that came out of that, um, I mean, there were a lot, but one was we really enjoyed life in Pakistan. I was able to start talking to people that were just normal people. Once I learned the language, I could go down to the bazaar and just talk to guys, talk to blacksmiths, and talk to guys that were working in brass, and talk to guys that were um, working on trucks, mm -hmm. and, and ask them, what's it like, and what do you like, and what's your family like? And that was so rich. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's so tremendously rich. And for them, and they're so responsive to that.
I didn't really know what the abundant life meant that was promised mm -hmm. by Jesus, but I believed that it exists and that I was um, experiencing, I think both of us did, we, Gina and I, we both thought, you know, this is, this is abundant life. And I guess you could say God had established a pattern mm -hmm. that, you know, you may get food poisoning, you may get sick, you may get in a car wreck that kills people, you may have all these horrible things happen, but okay. this is a rich life and I'm giving it to you. Mm -hmm. um, so when I came back from that year, I shifted my study to horticulture and I got a okay. bachelor's in anthropology and a master's in horticulture. Okay. And um, so because I thought, well, you know, maybe someday I can get a job with somebody that will just pay me to go do this cool stuff mm -hmm. and um, I can speak the language and yeah. who knows? We'll see. So ultimately that's, there were many wonderful things in between, but, um, and we had kids and really great. And now did they, Kid, did you ever take the kids out of the country? Yeah. Yeah, so it took us several years, but finally we ended up back in Pakistan. Extremely challenging, and it's beautiful and harsh, and, um, I mean, it's a place that kicks out a lot of refugees. You know, just a, it's a refugee mill. But learning the language and being connected with people like that just really welded us in. And um, so we stayed. We stayed for 10 years. And so we left, um, so that was all through the 90s, and then we had 9-11, and um, we're, so one of our boys um, was born in Pakistan. The other two were okay. born in the U.S. Tom, did you feel like you made the right decision to come back home and get a horticulture degree? Or did you feel like I... This the, yeah, that was... Um, so I'm pretty deliberate. Okay. And I sat down with an anthropologist... An American anthropologist early on and I said look I want to do something like agriculture stuff and we I pointed at something like this or I mm -hmm. said I want to help people mm -hmm. and I said what does anthropology bring to the table on this <laughs> okay and but what how can I help people with this mm -hmm. let's get past that and she couldn't answer me and so I went ahead and went back to a lot of my other interests which were gardening and farming and stuff I was already liked all that stuff so when I came back to the U.S. I studied horticulture and it was great mm -hmm. when we came back um, after 9-11 it was um, difficult for me to get a job in the United States people didn't understand what my experience employers didn't so it didn't translate for them. not very well so um, I kept working in Afghanistan I'd go back and forth so after 9-11 I'd spent about Oh, I actually don't know, but um, seven or eight years in Afghanistan since mm. since then, and running projects or working as a consultant, and and it was um, was that I was comfortable with it, comfortable working there, and could had new people and knew what to do, and it mm -hmm. made perfect sense. And did that add to the rich life? Yeah. That, okay. Yeah. Um, and. Um, but I knew that, you know, the day was coming. I mean, I could see where things were. It, the whole what's happened in Afghanistan is a completely yeah. different story. Mm -hmm. But I, it, 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 
probably by 2008, I could see where it was going. I mean, Afghans. And were you saying, I better go home? And so I started making my way out the door. Okay. And I think my last trip there was in 2015. Okay. But I started looking for... And we're in 2021 for our listeners, like, when you're listening to this later. Yeah. Yeah. So, meanwhile, my wife um, went to school at WSU, became a physician assistant, mm-hmm. and started working clinically. You're into this going back to school. Like, let's go back to school. Let's yeah, do yeah. something. Let's yeah. create our so life. She's, yeah. um, she's had a great a great time. And been, it's such a cool thing. She doctored all the children overseas. Oh, and so really? Then, yeah. So there were no doctors. It was just a natural thing. Then. So then it was a natural thing. And she loves, um, she loves uh, all that. She loves medicine. Mm-hmm. And... Um, so then, you know, I can't remember exactly, but um, all of us, the two boys and Gina and I all lived in Kabul for two years, 2007 to 2009. And she actually worked in a, um, a hospital, um, um, a mother and child health clinic in Kabul. Mm-hmm. But meanwhile, there's this sort of part-time life in the United States and we're perking along and, and it took time, but we finally decided... I sought mentors. I wrote okay. to people here in Kansas who owned farms, mm-hmm. started thinking about it about 2005. Can you say that one more time? Um, I sought out mentors. I sought out mentors. That's, I, I want our listeners to hear oh, the so value important. of that. Oh my yeah. gosh. So, so, um, and one thing, so finding mentors, finding people who've been down the road mm-hmm. was extremely important. And then my one of the things that a really strong lesson that I um, learned um, in my work in Pakistan and Afghanistan was um, look for identify your problem and find a solution that's already on the shelf. Mm. And uh, before you start doing a bunch of R and D and innovation, find the thing that's already working that or, already works. Yeah, the low hanging fruit, the things that are mm. already really obvious. Did, did you hear what, isn't this, doesn't this just fit with the word? Yeah. Look for the low hanging yeah. fruit. So, <laughs> in, yes. And so in that same regard, I mean, I, uh, when I started thinking about my orchard, it was in about 2005. I was thinking, this is what I should do. Um, but how I'm, do you figure out where, you know, is this talking to the mentors? Is this Looking around? Part of it was that I was um, tied to Wichita because our home was here by then. Okay, okay. And so um, the mentors were um, ready to talk to me because they're a long way from Wichita. They're in Topeka or in Johnson County and other places. And so they they weren't generating competition for themselves. They gave me really good advice. And one was talk to women. Ask women what they would um, pay a premium for mm. in terms of fresh produce. What do okay. they want? What do moms oh. want? Because they're more than likely cooking, even though there's lots of men that cook. Well, know? I mean, it's women that um, make the decision to go out <laughs> to a farm like that. Yeah. It's women that make the decision to go to the farmer's market. Mm-hmm. It almost, uh, I think you could say 85%. Okay. You've it's, done your research. Yeah. So. And so I, I mean, I ask men too. But usually if I asked a couple... Yeah. I mean, I think I probably asked three or four hundred people, okay. in, in, and ninety-five um, percent said we want fresh peaches. Mm. 
And if I'd asked the couple, the guy, the husband would look at the wife. <laughs> yeah. They do. Tom's turned his head. Yeah, Where's and, your wife? And yeah. they, they want to know, well, so what do you want? Because she's the one yeah. that makes the decision. And so... People could be listening to this podcast and they say, well, are we talking about the business mountain or are we talking about the entertainment mountain? And I really thought, like what you're saying, it's the wife, it's the woman that's saying, let's go do this. Let's go have this adventure. Um, my husband was the one that said, let's go. I know. Have that's, the, that, let's go have this adventure. I liked hearing that, actually. <laughs> you um, know, but he, you, have to, you have to remember, he's the cook. You oh, don't, I you, see. Yeah, and so okay. I'm like, okay, he wants to do that. That sounds like fun because we're going to go someplace outside and we're going to do something new, something we've never done before. So I, I, and I want you to talk to us a little bit about that, of how the, the farm is an adventure. We built the farm around what people want. Okay. They don't ask for adventure. They did ask for fresh produce. And okay. they've asked for, you know, ripe peaches and ripe apples. And um, that, they really want that and people really enjoy it. And so that, learning what people wanted was really, really important to me. Okay. And so... We designed the orchard so that people could easily get from one place to another and find and easily find the the ripe fruit, and so that was the effort. But so what it turned out as um, is like the secondary thing of the adventure of the adventure. Yeah. And so people would come back from the so a, a customer family typical yes. minivan or SUV <laughs> arrives yes. okay. and all these kids jump out. Yes. And um, then mom is takes five minutes to get out because there's somebody that's in a stroller. Yeah. And so somebody needs to have a diaper change or something. So she's prepping. Yes. She's prepping, she's prepping for, for something. For adventure. She doesn't really know what's <laughs> going to happen. She doesn't know it's an adventure, though, no, Tom. No, she doesn't know. Okay. And um, first time, she doesn't know. And so she's a little tiny bit nervous. Okay. And, because, and so we learned that... Um, they need to be told. Um, we, we learned that they really appreciate being met um, almost immediately okay. when they arrive. If we can, we'll address them and, and, and we make sure they know where the restrooms are. Okay. Because um, having kids wet their pants is not the kind of adventure they're out for. Because then you're ready to go home. Then they just want to go home. So then we get them so started and we... Um, Tell but them you about all the no, produce. Hold on now, hold on. I want the people to hear that you were intentional about how you placed things on the farm. Yes. So we did. And yeah. that was a result of mentors. Mm -hmm. And another really interesting, really cool and unexpected thing was when some of these guys, some of my mentors, came to the farm okay. early on, they said, oh, you have to change your parking lot. And they said, you need to build a driveway through the center like that. Mm -hmm. And then you have to park Herringbone. Okay. So that people won't do like a triple, a three-point turn and drive back out the driveway. Because you are going to have children everywhere. Oh, wow. And you need people who park to pull out easily so they have full visibility so you'll never hurt anybody. Great and advice. Yeah. Really good advice. Yeah. And um, so that... 
but many things they told me, like where to lay out, how to lay out the trees and which varieties to select. They said, these are all things that will help people to have a, a, a more fun time. A fun, now, hold on. A fun time out on a farm? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. So it's easier to get to the fruit. So, for example, if you, if you set out your peaches, yeah. you should plant an early peach right next to a late peach. Okay. So then... If you send somebody up to row seven, yes, that row seven is is ripe. Mm-hmm. That's ready to go. But adjacent, it's hard and green. Okay. So they won't wander over. Mm-hmm. I mean, some people will, but most people aren't completely stupid. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> They'll say, okay, that one's green, and that yeah. row is empty. That's already go. been picked. Yeah. And so this is the one we want to go yeah, to. Yeah, ready to go. So for them... A lot of those people, that's the level of, um, that's, that's the, they've reached saturation point in terms of it's, it's hot, it's humid, yeah. <laughs> and they don't want to have some, you know, pick a whole bunch of green fruit. Right, you know? right. They want ripe, luscious fruit, and they want to walk out there, and they want that child to grab a peach uh-huh. and eat it, and, yeah. and have this moment of just... Having a moment? It's it, it's really cool. Okay. So they have this moment of, of, uh, and you can hear it if you go out in the orchard yeah. and there's a bunch of families and or just a bunch of especially with little kids. Yeah. And if it's calm, if the if there's not a lot of wind blowing, you can kind of spy on them mm-hmm. and just listen. And you'll hear a mom say, "Come here and take a bite of this." Yeah. And then there's silence, and then this child going, oh. Yeah, that's good. Wow. And More, more. Yeah, <laughs> and it's, they, that's really, really something. And they, yeah. that's something that they don't get to experience very often. So they've had to walk, sometimes two or three hundred yards, mm-hmm. and they carry these buckets and stuff, and they don't really know exactly how this is going to shake. And they, they tell me, you know, when they arrive, they say, I've never been here before. What should I do? What, what's this going to be like? Okay, I'm waving my hands at yeah. Tom. Okay, it's another going yeah. without knowing. Right. But there is an adventure that awaits, and you've created it on purpose. Yes, that's Intentionally. right. And we want them. Wow. And this, how do I say this without... Well, this is just the truth, is we really want them to be blessed by that. Mm-hmm. We want them to, um, um, well, we want we want God to speak to them yeah. out there in the orchard. Yeah. You know, I did see, like, as you're describing what you wanted to happen, and you're talking about the mom getting, needing to get a kid out of a car seat and the stroller and all that, I did see that the day we were out there. I did see families, and I saw people like kind of coming back with their somebody got a dog or whatever, mm-hmm. and they were putting them on the leash and getting ready and all of that. So I did see that, but I didn't know the intentionality that was poured into that. So when I think about the pandemic, and I think you told me a little bit about this, that it was really good for you guys because you're outdoors, but I want you to tell us, what what impact do you think the pandemic has had on all of this pre- prepping people for an adventure? What, I mean, what did you see? What did you discover? Well, 
Um, I think that that these agribusinesses, these agritourism businesses like this, pumpkin patches and uh, orchards like ours and different places like that, I mean, they actually, um, they really uh, flourished during, mm. during COVID because it was um, clearly, it was something safe mm-hmm. that people could do. They could get outside and it was something to do Besides just, I mean, you can go to a city park, too. Yeah, but yeah. this is more but than But there's that. no apples or peaches. No apples or peaches. <laughs> yeah. So, um, and, and of course, a lot of people were cooking at home. They were experimenting with mm-hmm. new foods and stuff. And so that, there was that whole element as well. But yeah. um, this, it, there's a huge, obviously, there's this huge spectrum in our society as, as to how people have responded to COVID. But what did you see out of the orchard? Everything. <laughs> and everybody got to do what they were comfortable with. So the people that are really worried about any sort of con- contact with other people and mm-hmm. social distancing and that whole sort of, I mean, really the only thing we did Yeah, tell me. was... Um, only allow one group into our farm store at the time. Oh, uh, okay. And that was all we needed to do. And mm. um, every, well, I guess there was one other thing, and that was um, when we meet customers at the front of the store to orient them on where to go and what to do, mm-hmm. we would just say, I expect you to respect other people. Okay. And you uh, kind of know what's going on. And um, so if they don't want you over next to them, don't go over there. Okay. And, and, and I would, wouldn't say it exactly that way, but I'd say, but you know. But you have a good sense of humor because you even pulled that out on us when we were out there. So I can just imagine you telling them. And yeah. You're like, okay, okay. Yeah. And so they, um, I never had to warn anybody or anything, but, but, um, and every once in a while, somebody would be a little bit too close with other people and just yeah. not thinking about it. But um, we could, I can bark and get people to... That face can bark. I can't oh, believe yeah. it. Okay. Believe me. <laughs> You're just, you've just been too pleasant, so I don't Well, I, don't I mean, know. there's a, you know... I'm, We've only known each other for a little while, so... I was told to put all that stuff back here. <laughs> Thank you, Gina. <laughs> so, but... Well, and and um, and we won't. Well, we won't tolerate disrespect mm-hmm. at the farm. They want to be disrespectful. They can go home. That, or, but that space has not been created for that. It's not. It's not. And it's there's so much. Um, again, I mean, this is really true. We really um, respect those customers. We mm-hmm. respect those people that come there, and yeah. um, so we don't want them to have a, a, an experience where they are disrespected. Yeah. And if that means somebody's moving in or cre- in, invading their space or something, then we would control that a little bit. But most people, uh, I can't, I can, I can hardly remember a moment when I had to do anything. <laughs> to get on people are pretty good. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, to give you an example of how, how pleasant our customers are, um, we could have, um, a day where there were, I don't know, hundreds of people come through. 
Um, so dozens and dozens and dozens of cars coming and going, yes. and diapers changing, and trash <laughs> being thrown away. And, strollers and on, and a, on a Sunday yeah. afternoon when we close, I wouldn't find any trash in the parking lot. Mm. So they don't throw trash down on the ground. They're respectful people. They're good people. And they're all kinds. You know, it's not just one kind of person that comes out there. It's all these different people, yeah. and it's really something. But, Tom, I think it's that same thing that you did for us, my husband and I. There was, there was it, now that I think back on it, that there was an intentionality of you greeting us. And there's just something, like, especially if people haven't been somewhere before, to, they're, they're already kind of nervous, like, are we parking in the right place? Where right. do we go yeah. first? And all of that. And you just coming and welcoming us. And then when we went in the store, that your wife was so kind. So I think that people, it makes me, if I come out again, I don't want to mess up anything that Tom and Gina have done. Does that make sense? Sure. And, and I think that, um, um, yeah, I'm just really super wonderful. I'm kidding. <laughs> I don't know. I better bring the better half in here because she was. So yeah, the, there is. It is really important, and and I don't do a whole bunch of um, coaching of our. We have a few employees that we have employees that come and go, but um, we really want people to we we coach them in certain ways, and not very many. Uh, mm -hmm. But one is to, um, you know. They, they need to be ready to appreciate the customers. Yeah. And uh, it's like a simple thing. It's like if they, you never make a joke about somebody's money. Okay. Um, so it's like, well, we'll just give you seven instead of 70. You know, they're never, never, because everybody works hard for that money. Mm -hmm. It doesn't matter what kind of car they've got. Everybody works hard for it. Yeah. And if you joke or if you're careless, then that's a way of disrespecting somebody. And we never say no problem when they say thank you. We say you're welcome. You're welcome, yeah. Because who brought up a problem? Well, Tom, let me, okay. <laughs> it's, we're glad you're here. Yeah, yeah. And, and the thing is, before you just said that to me, I guess the thing is, is something was it something that you and Gina and the staff just do? This whole respect and just being careful with the customers. Did you know you were doing that, like, on purpose when you sat down here to tell me this? I mean, you know what I'm saying? Like, is it just part of your DNA? Is it something that you just, well, it's probably going back to those parents. It does. <laughs> you know? It does. I'm answering they, my own question, I guess. Um, well, and... I certainly step over the line with people all the time, and, and um, sometimes people, I offend people with being a little bit too close or too joking or something, too crass, too horrible. But, but you know what you do? For, I think that you really, you said it earlier about um, helping people, wanting to know people, wanting, and, want, wanting people to be my friend. And I even noticed this between us is that you can go there quickly. You can go there quickly to say, you matter to me, and this moment matters. And I think that that is just, well, honest. I, that's true, because people mean a lot to me, and I love people. Mm -hmm. But I think that that is, um, you know, sometimes I, I want to know 
I ask God, well, so God, what have you actually, in what way have you made a difference in my life? What has been the deliverable mm -hmm. here? And, um, or would I just be this way, the Tom Brown that I am, because my parents raised me this way, and you don't matter. Yeah. And um, I get a pretty clear response that, well, you love people. Mm. And um, one, and, um, and there's some others too, but I really, I think that he just gave that to me. Yeah. And I really enjoy them. And um, I don't like them all, <laughs> but I'm, I want to. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. So. Um, let me, let me. Let me, because I'm, I'm going to close our time, but I just, I'm thinking, I wanna, I'm going to zero in on that part about loving people and creating an experience that makes them walk away, know, well, kind of feeling like they had an adventure, whether they planned on doing that or not. But what do you think all of that does or has done in these last days for people's mental health? Well, okay, so I've been thinking about this. Yeah, and think I, about and that. I um, there's something about an orchard that um, brings um, order and bounty and adventure all together. Okay. And there are other things too. It's just for me, and you could have, it could be this place, it could be all those same factors. I don't claim a a corner on that market, but, but, um, <laughs> you could, if you want to, well, but if you, so there was a, um, I remember two groups, two families came up to us and, um, one had this child that was, and they were both getting oriented on what, um, you know, I'm telling them where to yes, go for apples yeah. and stuff. And this is how things are. These are the prices. And so one of the moms said, um, okay, that's great. So what do you have for the kids? Are there, is there something for the kids? And this child's jumping around and being kind of horrible. And um, there's another mom with other rambunctious children adjacent. And her, she overheard and she said, it's an orchard. <laughs> Answered for you. That is and, good. And other people said, yeah. And so, and the mom said, oh, okay, got it. And, and so there, and so the thing about it is, and you can see this and watch it, um, those kids get into the orchard and they, there's something about the rows of trees yeah. and the rows of trees have to be in rows. You can't just scatter them. Yeah, right, they okay. have to be in rows mm -hmm. and it's tidy. Um, but those kids just run up that row and it's, they, they have to. Yeah. And that running is good. That's great. You know, it's like wonderful joy, zest, wild animal, let me run. <laughs> and I can and, still see my mom down the road. That's what she can yeah, still see me. Yeah. Exactly. And so um, so there's that. So there's mm -hmm. that wild adventure thing. And there's the heat and the bugs and the weeds and mm -hmm. sticks and stuff like that. And then there's that fruit. And which is wonderful mm -hmm. and delicious. So there's a little bit of difficulty. There's yeah. a little bit of, um, little tiny bit of fear. My son's run out of the. I can't yes, see him can, now. Yeah. And there's a little bit of. Dads delight are looking for and delight with this yeah. fruit. And um, 
and it's a place where people have said, I'm glad you're here. Mm. And um, thank you. Thank you for being here. And we do. We, t- we thank everybody. Thanks for coming. And Thanks thank for, you for coming yeah. here. And um, Or what? even ask them too, Tom, what did you discover? <laughs> you know, what did you discover your first time at the orchard? You know what I'm saying? I wonder what people... Oh, that's a great say. question. Yeah. That is a great question. I, I need to remember that. That, that um, most of my thanking is at the front end. Yeah. But, um, and then at the end, um, I mean, it's, it's pretty common for, for but I'm, I just need to remember to ask them, what did you discover out there? Yeah. That's a great question. Um, Hope you had fun. Hope yeah. you, yeah. Because we, um, I usually ask them if they ate some fruit, if they got that, and, and so I think a lot of people just get this. Um, well, for me, the an orchard is like like many things. It's a place where um, where there's. Um, well, I believe that the fall, the fall in Genesis, describes a moment where people were alienated from God, mm-hmm. and they were alienated from each other. Yeah. And they were alienated from the earth, mm-hmm. all three. And there's something about an orchard that gives you a sense of, oh, there's maybe this could be better. You know, yeah. here's God. God's growing this stuff. It wasn't Tom. Tom planted the trees, yeah. but he he didn't grow it, mm-hmm. and he didn't create an apple, yeah, or a peach. God did that, mm-hmm. and. Um, but got to keep the weeds down, got to plant them in rows, got to take care of them. And um, so there's this human interaction with God and with the, with the earth mm-hmm. that is really, really satisfying. And so when people, there's something that goes on with people when they go out there. Yeah. It happens. And, it, and it's like, and, they, and a lot of people have no idea what's happening with mm-hmm. them. Mm-hmm. But they're still getting, and that's what the blessing is. Yeah. And um, so they're getting that. And that's, that's pretty darn exciting. It's, it, I wrote down, it's a place where an invitation is given or extended to come back. And when you yeah. talked about to come back to the earth, to, you know, the land. And the thing is, how often do we have an opportunity to do that? How many people have orchards or fruit trees in their yard? So there are people who grow great gardens sure. and stuff like that. But you have said, come, come out here. Um, tell me, do you ever take anybody on a hayride or anything like that? Sure, yeah. Mm-hmm. Now, that's good for mental health. Yeah, <laughs> they yeah. They feel air blowing through on their faces yeah. and mm-hmm. get some freedom and all of that. There's this, um, we planted one portion of the orchard, the one that, the, there's a portion that's really close to the farm store in the parking lot that mm-hmm. is um, planted in a funny way, uh, but it's got good access. So it's accessible to, um, if the weather's okay, it's accessible to an electric wheelchair. You can actually drive a van up in there. And okay. So we've had... Um, these really wonderful moments with people who were, 
I, I don't know what the appropriate word is, but mentally handicapped, or they didn't have good cognitive skills or something. Mm-hmm. And some of them are in, in, in wheelchairs and, and all sorts of... And so that group may come up, they'll drive their van up there, and everybody offloads with mm-hmm. their wheelchairs. Mm-hmm. And you can see that somebody is all messed up in a chair and they can barely move and and their helper will put a piece of fruit into their yeah, hand yeah. and um you know that's this it's the same kind of thing you know there's this wonderful moment um for them and so our intention was to have that um place that would be accessible for um Especially, I thought of old people who, mm-hmm. decades ago, had been on a farm. And yeah. Maybe grew up on one, and now decades later can barely get around, and they're in a nursing home or something. And wouldn't that be cool for so and so who grew up in Mississippi to just come out here and get? You're on Mississippi today, or you're. I am. <laughs> um, yeah. But, well, just somebody that had grown up in a rural place and was long removed. And brought back and brought to back that. into just this yeah. moment of of being able to experience that, and mm-hmm. um, so I mean, I want to make money, and I want the farm to work, and I want yes. it to pay. But Absolutely. boy, oh boy, I want I want those. It really, I would really be so sorry if a family said, "Well, we can't go to Meadowlark Farm because so and so is in a wheelchair, or so and so is." Mm-hmm. Um, this or that, that would be horrible. And no, so, we call the mentors again and say, "How do we fix that? We yeah. want to, we want to mm-hmm. make sure this happens." Well, I mean, that's why I put in this one yeah. portion of the orchard okay. so it's accessible. Yeah. Thanks for doing that. And um, so, it's cool. It doesn't happen very often because it's it's hard for for folks to manage all that, but it's there. And well, <laughs> well you and Gina have created an opportunity for people to enter into this thing called a rich life through an orchard, Meadowlark Farms, and all because of your love for people, wanting to help people, assisting people with adventures, and to slow down long enough. If, if that's the, this is the best tip you gave, is to slow down long enough to experience a moment, a moment in time. Yeah. It's been so sweet <laughs> to have you here, Tom. And I can call your wife after this to let her know you did behave. <laughs> but I, I think we could go on and on and on forever. Um, I'd love to hear more about your adventures, not the in-between that I didn't let you share today. Um, but I just thank you for everything that you did share. And um, I pray that our listeners are just thinking and saying, hmm, or say now, where is Meadowlark Farms? So where is it at, Tom? We are uh, well. We're easily available on the internet and yeah. um, Meadowlark Farm Orchard and Cidery, mm-hmm. and we're on Facebook too. Okay. But we are five miles east of Rose Hill mm-hmm. on Santa Fe Lake Road. So if you drive out Kellogg to Santa Fe Lake Road, go south six miles, and you're there. And you're there. Yeah. When's like really a good time to? Come hang out and see the beauty of it all. Well, the first time is um, at the bloom of the peach bloom at the end of March and first of April, apple bloom. When this um, there's 
you know, 20 acres of pink blossoms that mm. are just really, really beautiful. And 20 then, acres. 20 acres. And um, so that's this beautiful moment. It doesn't last long, and it's a great time to you know, bring your family out and just get your picture taken in front of these beautiful pink blooms. We have to remember beautiful. that. Then yeah. our March, end of March, end of March, first April. of April. Okay. And strawberries start in May, and then peaches run through the whole summer, and apples from summer until um, early November, pumpkins in October. Just thank you again and again. You're for welcome. Being here. Thanks for having me. Yes, this is Joe Lynn Bright, also known as JLB in the house, signing off. Thank you for spending time with us and. Um, this was just rich um, to even hear somebody tell me how to have a rich life. Bless you. Thanks. Thanks for listening to Studio 2501, conversations about mental health and wellness. We hope you enjoyed our podcast. Visit us online at hopenetwichita.org and on social media at hopenetwichita. Thank you again to Hoydale for sponsoring this show. You can find Studio 2501 wherever you get your podcasts.